everybody. 1077 The Brock and 1077thebrock.com. Winner of the Intercollegiate Broadcasting System Media Award for Best College Radio Station in the Nation. Hello and welcome everyone to Games from the Dorm. I'm David Kessler and I talk about video games. We're analyzing the good, the bad, what I'm playing, what I played. And today we are talking about Silent Hill 2. Today I am joined by... I'm Michael Brennan. Mike, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. Yourself? Uh, I'm doing pretty all right. I'm excited, man. I'm excited for this show. I've been waiting. Yeah, you're a big Silent Hill guy now. Eh, well, well, that's what we're getting into. Yeah. So, you have not played this game. I have not. Uh, I just finished this game with Orion. So, this marks a historic moment in games from the dorm history. So, after the Metal Gear Solid episode I did, that's when Orion joined. And this is the first episode. What do you think I'm going to say? I'm the only one who hasn't played the game? No. This is the first episode of a game that I have not played before. All the other games, I said, Orion, I like this game. I'm going to check this out. But for Silent Hill 2, uh, I said, Orion, I want to play this with you for the very first time. Mm-hmm. I got to say, this was a big game to play for the first time. This is a survival horror game, which we've had before with Resident Evil 2, um, which means basically... The pri- it prioritizes grabbing weapons and supplies and surviving, going from room to room, getting items, occasionally battling monsters. It, you know, the the it's not really like super like jump scare or horror centric, right? It's kind of it's kind of like more like subtle atmospheric horror, right? Especially in this game, it first came out in two thousand one for the original Xbox and the PlayStation Two, made by Team Silent. That's funny, Team Silent Group and Konami. This, I saw this quote. I like this quote. Online game critic for The Escapist, Ben Yahtzee Croshaw. No idea who this is. He said, and I quote, Silent Hill 2 is the game I replay every now and again to remind myself that for all the shiny brown quick time event RPG element space marines, gaming is still worth defending. What game do you think it was talking about? That was that was definitely a Space Call of Marines Duty. Space Marines is Dead Space, probably. No, that was a Call of Duty subtweet. Call of Duty subtweet. I mean, Shiny Brown. Quick, there are no Quick Times events in Call Maybe, of Duty. I don't know. He's just talking about games as a whole. That's many games. No, I think that he's definitely subtweeting one game exactly. You think? I think that's like he's probably talking about games as a whole, but that specifically refers to like one game that he really doesn't like. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I like this quote. I like what he's saying. And it kind of shows Silent Hill 2 has really been on a pedestal for all these years. Last time we talked about Silent Hill 1, uh, and not last year. Why did I say last year? Last week we talked about Silent Hill 1, uh, which I alone played, and I thought it was all right. And now Silent Hill 2, people say this is one of the scariest games ever made and one of the best games ever made. I've seen on lists, top 100 game of all time, top 20 game of all time, Top one scariest game of all time. That's not true. If they you say it's the scariest it. game of all time, they've never played Five Nights at Freddy's. True, dude. Five Nights at Freddy's three. Yo, oh. this game is was recently announced to getting a remake. Uh, I think this year, and also announced to get a film adaptation. So maybe we'll talk about those in the future when they come maybe. out. Um, I also played with Orion the Enhanced Edition. This is not official. This is a unofficial game made by fans which basically they took the pc uh release of silent hill 2 that release was littered with bugs and graphical and texture issues 
and really they just update the game to include widescreen support and fix all the glitches. Um, so we're not really reviewing the enhanced edition, I guess. We're just focusing on you know Silent Hill 2 itself. Yeah. Um, this I, game. I have a question for you. What's David? your, qu- what's you your mentioned, question? You mentioned a remake in a movie. Over under on remake being good. So it's made by Bloober Team. Konami. I don't know why they're called that. Konami. Uh, you know, said, uh, "Hey, Bloober Team, go work on this." I don't know what Bloober Team. Uh, I forget what they specifically have made previously, but I know they are. <laughs> they do not have the best reputation, <laughs> specifically for horror games they've made before. That's a Konami moment. So, I mean, I don't know. You're not too hopeful? I, a man. What about the movie? Do you think, do you have faith in the movie? Silent Hill has had previously movies. Also, not the best well, reputation yeah, but for like, this. <laughs> I don't know, it, man. Do you think they're going to make it by, like, this? do you know who's, like, making the movie at all? Like, director? No. I don't even know if they announced that yet. Oh, just, I, oh, it's the, uh, I think it's the director that made the other Silent Hill movies. Ooh, hate to see it. Or maybe, maybe, you know. We'll see. We'll see how they are. Uh, I will not be watching. <laughs> if it's not good. We will not be watching. Um, this game, so I played it with Orion, and then this is one of those games where you want to look stuff up on the internet after to get all the secrets, all the symbolism, everything. I got to say, we missed a bunch of stuff. So when Orion comes in soon, I'm excited to go over what I missed. I can't cover everything because it's one of those games where a lot of this stuff is fan theories, a lot of stuff is open to interpretation, mm-hmm. and also this game it's just really big in terms of the secrets and the stuff you can yeah, do. But I'm just covering hour. the main stuff. The main stuff we missed and the main stuff that we saw. Yeah. Um, I saw this movie called Jacob's Ladder a few months ago, which was also uh, one of the one of the inspirations for Silent Hill, I, I think, in general, the whole series. Uh, I just want to say, good movie. Good movie. Isn't <laughs> Jacob's Ladder from the Bible? Yes. It is? It Well, yeah. So the movie, that's what the title means, yes. So it's like a... Jesus movie? Maybe we'll watch that. No, not exactly. It just has symbolism related to that. Um, Great movie and definitely spooky. Very spooky Spooky movie. movie. um, About kind of what's going on in a character's mind. Zombie Jesus? No. Don't know where that came from. It's a Jesus movie that's spooky. Um, This game is specifically known for its symbolism and its atmosphere. And let's get straight into it. So first we're going to cover kind of the basics of the plot you're this guy called James Sunderland. Funny name. That, that's the second time where it sounds like a Japanese businessman thinking of an American name. Yeah, James, <laughs> James Sunderland. He gets a letter from his deceased wife. His wife died three years ago from an illness. The game never tells us the illness. It doesn't matter. And he gets this letter that basically says, I am waiting for you in our special place. He interprets this special place as the town of Silent Hill, the same town as in Silent Hill 1. Uh, So he drives over to the town to find his wife. And the whole game is you trying to find your wife. You meet other characters who have also uh, have been drawn to the town. And you start to uncover what's reality versus what's more his mental state. It's full of monsters. It's full of uh, buildings that do not make, uh, you know, realistic proportional sense. So that's that. Uh, It has what I think is... The same issue in terms of story as Silent Hill 1 and just a lot of mysteries in general. I don't really know if it's an issue thinking back, but the middle of the game, there's not a lot of story. 
Yeah. Because the beginning sets up the premise, the end is the twist, there's a big twist in this game, and the reveal. So the middle is just kind of like, I need to find my wife. What is happening? You meet characters, but you don't really understand what's happening. Yeah. Here comes Orion, who's excited. I, I feel like that could be a problem with most mystery games, especially because of how like long a game is expected to be compared to like a book or a movie, you know? True. Well, well like some book, man, you never read a... Uh, the, the encyclopedia. I've read Sherlock Holmes. How long was that? They are like a bunch of short stories. I know. Yeah. So like, you know, if you're having a mystery movie, you only need two hours. Two hour game's short. No one wants a short hour. Uh, this hour game, game, Orion, welcome. How long did we take to beat this game? I think online it says average eight hours. Yeah, it took about, I think it took about like roughly eight hours. Which is my favorite length of a game. We're going into the story right now. Uh, so you meet... Th- primarily three characters who are also drawn to the town as you go on. You start to uncover kind of the mystery. Things get more interesting as it goes on. Each character has their own personal trauma you got to deal with. These characters are not really fully fleshed out, especially James outside the twist. I feel like he... They didn't, like... Because also, you got to remember, this game came out in 2001. A lot of the cutscenes, a lot of the voice acting is not good. <laughs> Just no, it is not. Um, some people like that because it kind of adds a creepiness factor. <laughs> I don't think it added a creepiness factor. I think it made it super awkward, and sometimes it just like kind of ruined the whole like gravity of the scene. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be real. Anyone who says it adds a creepiness factor probably coping. True. <laughs> I don't think it made it creepier. Um, so <laughs> the characters, until you get to the ending and you look back, they are not really to, you know, you're not going to be like, oh, this character's really deep, right? At the end, I think you're going to say that, but as mm-hmm. the game goes on, not really. Uh, I think the town of Silent Hill is kind of boring to walk around in, which I'll get later in the gameplay, but okay. it's a great setting. I mean, multiple buildings, you know, the the town, it morphs as you continue throughout the game, it, all these weird creatures, weird buildings. I think, you know, it's an interesting premise going to this mystery town and not knowing what's going to uncover it with a huge lake, a huge hotel, huge hospital, you know? Yeah, the, uh, I mean, the town is an interesting setup. I definitely think that it was kind of like, it was a lot of walking. Like, you know how we were talking about Resident Evil? It's a lot of like backtracking. Yes. This game does it, but like worse because it's like in the town. Yeah, because it's like. It's it's the one thing that I got to give it credit for is like it's a massive scale like you you don't get like one map right it's like multiple maps yeah so it's like I well I think it's not a massive scale but that's one of the reasons why it seems like a massive scale. well it seems like a massive scale because I mean you're yes. going through this giant town but a lot of places are blocked off just like yeah I know but but my point that I'm trying to get to is like you'll go to like one section of the map right you get this key right you have to go all the way back to the other side of the town to use it so we can get into that i there was not much of that but for example uh, at one point i had to go collect a letter and a wrench so i i get those i gotta walk all this way to the other side of town Mm -hmm. and then I walk all the way back to the other side of the town, and all of a sudden, because the town morphs, the gate is closed. So then I got to go all the way back to the other side of the town. There's some stuff of that. I don't think it was that bad, especially outside, but there there was some definite uh, tediousness there. 
Yeah, the I think the the biggest issue was just like I mean, it was great. I liked the fact that the map felt big and I and I liked the fact that I felt like I had some freedom to go where I wanted to. You I didn't at all, but I you, like that you no, felt it. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. You feel like you have the freedom to yeah. go places. Agreed. But it's very linear. So yeah. like I like the uh it's like a placebo effect, maybe. Would be the right word. Gaslighting you? Yeah, essentially. Like it's 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 it like is. convincing you that you have the choice where to go, but like ultimately you're going to end up at the hotel, and eventually you're going to end up at the prison. So it's like yes, not if you turn the game off. Okay. <laughs> okay, bro. But the point is, is it makes it it makes you feel like you're choosing where to go, even though like. You're not, right? Mm-hmm. So um, it does a good job of, like, yeah. tricking the player and thinking that. Yeah, I agree. Uh, especially for the time. Yeah. Um, okay, I want to talk a bit about the gameplay. We are going to get into the oh my God. gun gameplay. We're not talking about that right now. We're going to talk about the survival horror item collection gameplay, right? Okay. So this is a big part of the game. The apart- You enter a, a apartment complex. That's your first main building. Okay, the future buildings follow the same formula. You got to collect items. You got to enter doors. You got to find keys. You got to fight enemies in the hallway. I wish the rooms were more visually distinct. I know All the rooms were like very similar, but I guess the whole point of that is, I mean, it's like a, it was a hotel, right? So the apartment. Oh, it was an apartment. Yes. Well, apartment, hotel, whatever. I mean, like most rooms are going to look. I know, but then I, I, they shouldn't have used an apartment. Or, yeah. or it's weird. So, for example, the hospital, a lot of the rooms did look the same, but then you'd enter a room and it would be like a, uh, like one of those, what are those called? Like the uh, places where they wear straight jackets in the room? Like a mental asylum? Kind, but like a room. A padded room. Yeah. So there would be like that and it would be more visually different. You didn't, I like that. You didn't really see that in the apartment. You'd enter the room, yeah. it would be a closet, a kitchen, and of course there would be different items to find in, but I wish it was more visually distinct. I liked that it was blue in the hallway. That was funny. Apartments <laughs> that are blue, they could have just made it a dull color. Um, so I think that was kind of memorable. Uh, let's talk about the puzzles a bit. Looking back, there were not many interesting puzzles. Again, I feel like the game tricks you. A lot of the puzzles in this game were finds the numbers to input in a lock. Right. Why are you looking like that, Orion? You uh, seem scared. It just got like really quiet for dun, a second. Dun, dun. There were some great puzzles. There was a puzzle uh, where you got to put coins in a correct order, uh, which we spent a long time on, which I thought was really fun and genius. You got to read the text. But then do you remember there was one puzzle where called the innocent thief puzzle and there were six thieves and you got to find out which one to click on? Oh, yeah, I know what you were talking. We did that completely wrong. We yeah. got lucky. Are you talking about the one where it was like the noose that you had to yes. pull down from the ceiling? Yes, we did yeah. that completely wrong. You have to only do one of them, not in order. Yeah. So you, you're supposed to read the text and from the text find the innocent one. So we did that wrong. There was also a puzzle with a rotating block towards the end that opens a door. We also got lucky on that one. So a yeah. lot of the puzzles, while they have memorable elements and set designs, they Feel are- Feel very random. Yeah, they're not. Yeah, I feel like they weren't the greatest. Um, you know what I did like at the what? beginning of the game, there's two different difficulty settings. Well, you want to get into that now? Oh, I was just—it's just like a small point I was yeah. gonna make because there's like 
There's the combat difficulty setting. We went with normal, right? Yeah. And then there's puzzle difficulty setting. We also went with normal. And I like that because, like, for example, if you're trying to, I don't know, like, if you're really, really good at puzzles, but you're absolutely bad at combat mechanics, boom, you can put it on the hardest difficulty for puzzles, and then you can put it on the easiest difficulty for combat or vice versa, right? So I think that that is good that they added that. But what's really awesome that I found out later, uh, and I think I told you this already, is that the puzzles change based on the difficulty setting. So, yeah, so... Mo- so that coin puzzle was it would be completely different if we chose easy. It would be completely different if we chose hard. So all the puzzles, you rely on documents to try to and figure out the words in the documents. And the harder the puzzle difficulty setting, the more cryptic the words are, the harder the writing is. So you got to really use your brain. This is a genius idea. This is yeah. one of my favorite things. More games need this. Why not? More games need other difficulty options like a puzzle where they went back in and changed the writing of all the mm-hmm. documents that is such a cool idea yeah i do i yeah. do like that that's by the way pretty cool and in fact i'm going to talk about stuff we missed later one of the things we missed if you i think beat the game on the hardest puzzle difficulty level you unlock an extra puzzle difficulty level which is even harder really wow so there's four puzzle difficulty levels plus just normal combat Give the enemies more health, blah, blah, blah. Well, is that the same for the combat thing? Like, if you beat it on the no. hardest? No? No. Okay. Um, like, nightmare mode. Nightmare mode? Yeah. It's not called that. No, I'm saying, like, you know, there's games that, like, you beat it on the hardest difficulty, and then it gives you, like, yeah, a quote-unquote hard, harder Even difficulty. harder difficulty. Yeah, yeah. I mean, or I guess, nightmare. I guess the extra mode is, like, Shakespeare. You gotta interpret or something. <laughs> I don't <laughs> know. It's gonna be hard. It's all in Japanese. They just didn't <laughs> translate that mode. <laughs> Buddy. <laughs> uh, I think after the commercial break, we could get into the gameplay in terms of the how shooting it's absolutely bar, like how, how it's absolutely like disgustingly bad. Sure, we could talk about that later. I think we all have different opinions. Uh, so we all have different opinions, when some you are of not, which are right and wrong. <laughs> for, for reference, David, how many shooters have you played Lifetime? Like uh, negative four. Um, yeah, exactly. Sounds about right. So when you are not going through rooms finding items, you are shooting enemies either in tight corridors or larger corridors. And we'll get into what we think about that right after this break. All right, Orion, do you want to read this? Uh, sure. 1077 The Bronx got you a graduation present, and it's a new car. If you're graduating from Ryder in May, enter 1077 The Bronx Cruising from Commencement. Create a two and a half minute video about your Ryder experience to win a 2023 Toyota Corolla. Go to 1077thebronc.com slash cruising23 for details. We'll be back with more games from the dorm after these underwriting announcements on your 2023 IBS College Media Award winner for Best Radio Station, 107 the Bronx and 1077thebronc.com. All right, Ryder, it's time for your taste buds to take over this competition. Make sure your sweet tooth is ready to enter our taste tester ring at 1077 The Bronx Cupcake Fights. Bake Off Battle live Tuesday, March 7th at Daily Dining Hall. Your student cupcake with the most student votes will win over $1,000 in prizes. Welcome back to Games from the Dorm on 1077 The Bronx and 1077 TheBronc.com. $1,000 in student prizes, that's a lot. That is. Over. 
over a thousand dollars, a thousand and one dollars, a thousand dollars and one cent. <laughs> I wish right. I could be part of the uh, taste testing board, but you know, I'd like die, so that's not we good. We did a call back to a previous episode about <laughs> cupcakes. All right, well, you Ryan Lord goes deep. Have you ever heard? Uh, I heard it a lot with Earthbound. Have you ever heard somebody say game? They say you don't play the game for the gameplay. Yeah. Which I feel like if you don't play video games, like that sentence kind of doesn't make sense. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. But it's a thing. You do not play Silent Hill 2 for the gameplay. True. You play this game for the story, the atmosphere, mostly those two things. But it's still important to talk about the gameplay. Thank God. Because it is a game. Thank it is God. a secondary thing that you got to do to play this game. And Orion was not uh, a big fan of the gameplay. How about you get into that? Okay, well, thank God the story was good because the gameplay, like, ugh. Ugh is the only, like, way that I can describe it because it's just, like, so bad in every every which way. Like, it, it throws back to, like, older games having what's called, like, tank movement mechanics. Yeah, well, not, not the gameplay. I want to say the controls. The controls you have an issue with. I, think I mean, even specific. the gameplay I have an issue with. Okay, I get mean, into it. Get into it. So, like... Let's start with the controls. Okay, so I made the crucial mistake of not, like, switching to two-dimensional controls, yes. which was later added to the game. Well, so, I think I don't know if that was in a, like, an update to the game I or think if that's just was, in the enhanced edition. That's what I'm saying. I think it was yeah. in the enhanced edition. So I pray for the souls that had to deal with the, the 3D controls, like... The before, tank controls. Yeah, like, I, I couldn't deal with it, but... I, I mean, I survived, like, all the way up until the end and, like, the boss fights. They are so incredibly, like, bad. Like, yeah. <laughs> there is no other yeah. possible way to describe it. Because the first, like, quote-unquote boss fight that you have with Pyramid Head is, like, so dumb. It's yeah. literally just you run to one end of the room, shoot at him, then you wait for him to, like, do his, like three second swing animation and if he misses good job if he doesn't miss you get stun locked and then he'll hit you again and you know if he does miss congratulations you know what you do you move to the other side of the room and shoot him again and you repeat this for like 10 like 10 times until he awkwardly walks down the stairs and leaves Yes, yeah, so I also experienced this in Resident Evil 1 Remake. They have very stiff controls, which help you move around rooms and items, but then there's the issue of bosses. So the people who are making the game say, how can we make bosses? We are going to kind of make them like cutscenes, like events, in a way, right? Do you understand what I mean? More for more for world building than an actual gameplay experience. So like, what, is it like quick time events? No, I'm just saying when you fight Pyramid Head... I don't think they tried to make it you're going to have the best gameplay experience because they couldn't. They tried to do you're going to be scared, right? I wasn't scared. I was just you're gonna, annoyed. Okay, you're going to be annoyed. Taken aback. Okay. You're going to be annoyed. Okay, I feel that, like well, that's the point only is, Do you think it would be better if it was like, you said it was 10 minutes. If it was like one? No, know, I think like it, it was would be very better. Quick, very like, yeah. comes at you, swings like one or two times, and then you shoot yes. him and he leaves. I think that that would be better or because just it's just no bosses in general. These bosses are not good. It's I think just, that they would just shoot, shoot, shoot it. it. 
There's no, no it puzzle. should just be like a cutscene. If they were going yeah. to make it try to be a cutscene, just make it a cutscene. Like, I think it would have been scarier if it was like you had a whole cutscene of like Pyramid Head like swinging at your your character model rather than like you awkwardly like lightly jogging past him turning around and then shooting at him five times lightly jogging past him again and then repeating that over and over and that's every boss that is literally every single boss yeah every single one and all of them are so for you to be weirded out at first and then you get annoyed by the controls yeah it's so no i i wasn't even getting annoyed at the controls i was (laughs) freaking screaming i was like (laughs) yeah I hate these controls. And it was like, it was so annoying because you would, there's like, there's another boss fight, quote unquote, where you're fighting two pyramid heads now. Yes. And that one's even worse because you're still, you're in this giant open room. And the only way that you beat this boss fight is you run to a, one of the four corners in the room, you unload like three times then and you, then your character, James, takes 37 years to put his gun away. Yes. <laughs> he literally, like, that, I think that's exactly what I was saying. So I was like, I was like, oh, my God, put your gun down. So the timing is consistent, but it never feels satisfying. No, it's like, it's like after each pump of the shotgun, there's like a two second, like, him staring at, like, he's like deer in headlights for like a good one and a half seconds of just like staring blankly at these bosses yeah and then and then you shoot again or you're able to move again but it's like a, it's like a stun lock and you're just like stuck there doing absolutely nothing and then they hit you and then you know that's not good yes so also in that what what Ryan? what's happening it's fine um Ryan's having some technical difficulties. What a guy. Yeah, the headphones are not clicking for me. Um, I think you could take them off. Yeah, I mean, oh, it's uh, the mic was not fully. Oh, man doesn't know how to work a volume switch. No, 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 no. The the cord wasn't plugged in. Ah, classic. Classic Ryan. That's not my fault. That was like there before I got here. Maybe maybe it was someone in this room who decided to do a bit of trolling. Yeah, I'm sure. Anyway, so (laughs) the point that I was trying to make is that, like, the boss fights are very repetitive. They're very obnoxious. They're not fun. They're not scary. They're just boring and i think so the enemy design is scary the enemy design is scary yes. but not the gameplay Correct. like the like am I, like you don't care if i spoil the final boss fight right uh, or should that, we not yeah don't do it right now because we'll okay. get into that okay later. we'll talk about how that one's bad too yeah and but like the pyramid head fights both of them like you're like, oh, God, the first time. And then the second time, you're like, ugh. And then the third time, you're like, ugh. And then the fourth time, you're just like, kill me now. I don't want to play this game anymore. So- because it's just so... The boss fights are stupidly hard, and they're stupidly annoying. So They're just stupid. I want to say something. First off, uh, just like how the Silent Hill 1 final boss had this, if you run around the final fight with the two pyramid heads for 10 minutes, then you automatically win. Hilarious. 
D- don't know. <laughs> 10 Again, minutes of your saying. life. 10 minutes of your life spent running in circles. A lovely. So let's let's Thanks move game. on from the gameplay. You keep mentioning Pyramid Head. We're now going to get into the enemies of the game. Oh, I thought you were going to talk about the camera angles and the camera angles being even yeah, worse can, than the gameplay. We can talk about that. Yeah, I forgot about that. Talk yeah, about the it. camera angles. So it does this like cinematic. I think you said like a lot of like older games. Yeah, like not Resident always. Evil. So if you're, for example, walking outside the town, then the camera's just always behind you. Right. And it's fine. Which is good. But if you're in a tight corridor, sometimes the camera's in front of you and you want to be behind you, obviously, so you can see what's ahead. So what you got to do, you got to press the yeah, I had it it, to the back button. But it sometimes doesn't work. But it sometimes just glitches out. Yeah. And it's just like stuck in front of you. Yes. So the problem with the with the like with the camera angles is it's like cool for the first 10 minutes or it's cool when you're outside like sometimes like when you're outside like in front of the building and like he's walking like there's the one portion where he's outside of the apartments yeah like that's fine right but you get into these tight corridors and like like you mentioned the they'll be the camera will be right in front of you so you can't see what's in front of your character model and there's no hints to like distinguish you need to turn your camera around aside from like footsteps but you can't turn your camera around unless you walk forward which means you're probably going to walk forward into a crowd of enemies that you weren't trying to walk into so it's like obnoxious and the controls paired with it gets even worse because it's like to go forward you have to hold down but then when the camera flips you have to hold forward, not down. Yeah. Okay. One, one last thing I want to add, and then I want to move on from gameplay stuff. Because, again, you don't play this game for the gameplay. But I know it's one of your big concerns. Um, the camera, there are a few, what I said, wow, Ryan looks mad about the controls. There are <laughs> a few of those, like, pre-created. So, for example, I read when you're walking up to the hotel at the end, it's like a low angle, and it's supposed to represent the movie Pet Cemetery. Uh, the one of the shots is also a low angle going upstairs, and there's also shots of like z- kind of. There's one small uh, passageway I remember. Um, what's it called? Like an alley, and it's way at the top, and it's looking down. That stuff is cool, but a lot of times the camera is just a pain. Yeah, no, those those like unique shots are cool because you can actually see where you're going. It's inside of like every single building that it's complete garbage. Yeah. All right. Now we're gonna get into atmosphere slash. I titled this weird stuff. Especially, I'm gonna get into why later. But especially towards the final fourth or final third of the game, this game gets weird. If you talk about Silent Hill with someone, they're probably going to say, first off, it's scary. Second off, it's weird. So I'm going to talk about some of my favorite moments, some of my most memorable moments. Uh, The bathroom in the prison. Was that the prison? Yeah. The sound? Where it was like you would knock on the... Yes. You would knock on it, and then you would walk away from it. And there's a little jump scare. This game doesn't have much jump, many jump scares, but that one's a jump scare. Yeah, and there's a, I think a but random. It's just, a, sound. it's just a sound effect. It's not even like something jumps out at you. It's just like a, a thud. Yes. Um. There's one part where you f- fall down a well, and it looks like you can do nothing, and you gotta circle around the well until it says this spot looks different, and then it turns out there's a door there. Uh. 
that that was pretty that was pretty cool. Kind of messed with your mind again. Yeah. Um, yeah, like that. There were many parts that actually we noticed and messed with us. For example, the do you re- remember going into a prison cell to get an item and then you tried to leave and it said it's a prison cell with like metal bars or something and you couldn't leave for like a, a few seconds. Do you remember this? Yeah. That was purposeful. They did that to trick with you. Yeah. It locks you inside, which getting into the end, James is stuck in a prison cell. Right. You you understand that. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, I mean, we figured it out really quickly. You just like click something else. Yeah, and then but it it's the idea, you know. Uh, there's one part at the end, this character, Angela, you visit her ascending these stairs with fire. And when you walk out of the door, you end up in a completely different area. Yeah. More messing with your mind. You know, where am I? Um, there is one place with a picture. There's a door with like a painting on it, kind of like a uh, a classical painting. And right. to open the door, the door has a three dimensional hand like coming out of the door. Just again, more you know weird stuff. Imagine I want that in my house, a, a door with a hand on it. That's why would you want that in your house? It's funny, um, dude. Somebody, if somebody walked into your house and you had a three dimensional hand. To open a door, I think they would, like, label you as a psychopath. Like, rightfully so, by the way. Uh, There's some moments where you just jump through endless holes in the ground. Yeah. James just decides to jump through them. Uh, One time, one of my favorite things in this game, you enter apartment number 209, and there's whispering. It just goes, and you're like, what is this? That was creepy. I was not as creeped out. Because I knew about this before, but you didn't. Uh, people have tried to interpret this. Sad to break the news. Turns out people forget a couple years ago, this is just gibberish. They stole off like a music disc. Uh, but people thought it was like referencing the game or the events of the game. It's just gibberish, apparently. <laughs> That's pretty lame. Yeah. Uh, the final thing I want to say, do you remember in the apartments you you saw behind bars, there's a figure, and then you didn't see it, so you entered one of the apartment rooms, and I went, oh, Ryan, go back. I want to see what that is. And you went back, and, and it, it was wasn't gone. there. That was actually Red Pyramid Head the first time you see him. Really? Yeah. And I just never saw him. Yeah. Wah, wah. All right, we're going to talk about the enemies now. Probably one of, if not the best things about this game. Would you agree? Uh, I think... The th- enemy design. Okay, the enemy design, yes. Yes. Uh, I actually would say that the, like, non-boss enemies are actually, like, pretty fun to go against. Because they're not, like as tedious as the boss fights and they're creepy man oh yeah there's not many i think if you include uh your wife mary is kind of like an entity you created um i'll get into that later uh if you include them all there's only nine Mm -hmm. so there's even fewer if you don't include some of the bosses but they are creepy uh there are these ones called mannequins which are just kind of like limbs attached together uh which i'm gonna get into now each enemy, they put in a lot of thought. So the limbs attached together, they based it on a prosthetic leg that Mary would have had to wear during her illness. Mm. And also based it on James's sexual urges. Yeah, guy's weird. Yeah. Um, and you hit the mannequin, and it makes like a human kind of sound. It's weird. It goes like, oh, right? Bones. There are lying figures, which are kind of look like... 
I don't know. They're kind of the most basic. They kind of look like zombies. That was based on an employee one day walked in with his hoodie on and his hands in his hoodie, and they based it on that. <laughs> so he's, yeah, they, they did some weird stuff. Um, the bubblehead nurse, nurses who look like they're being, uh, they, they like, g- g- you know, g- what's the word? They kind of jot around everywhere yeah. in a weird fashion. They also that, won't die unless you, like, stomp on them. Yes. I think I don't know. Um, no, like if you don't if you don't confirm kill them, like they'll they'll keep coming back. Yeah, uh, they were also in Silent Hill One, but slightly different. Uh, so they have kind of an appearance of a child. People have said if you kind of turn the brightness up and look at their face, that's wrapped in bandages. This was based on the idea of James and Mary wanting a child, which never actually made it into the game, but it made it into the enemy design. Also, the bubblehead nurse has sometimes a red mark on her face, which is supposed to represent the save points. So in Silent Hill 1, you save your game with a notepad and pencil. In Silent Hill 2, you save your game with red squares. Just squares. <laughs> it is so weird. You click on it, it says save game, and hi, James, James stares into your soul. Hi, James. Yeah, we had a joke. We already said hi to James because he just, with this dead expression, he just stares into your soul as you're trying to save the game. Um, hey, James. At one, of, one of the things we missed, at one of the ends, the last save point right before the uh, fight we were talking about earlier with the pyramid heads, mm-hmm. Um there are nine save points in a row. Like, there's a grid of nine. I don't remember if we saw that. Yeah, I don't think we did. Okay. Uh, and that represents the nine monsters that you face in the game that I talked about. Hmm. Okay. Um, so, let's get into Red... His name is either Pyramid Head or Red Pyramid Thing. He is commonly known as the scariest enemy in video games. It is... This guy, he carries either a spear or a, a ginormous knife. He can kill you like instantly, and he you has. Actually, we uh, we were able to steal his his giant. Sword. Yes, there's an optional thing you can a weapon you can steal, and it's very slow but damaging, and it's funny. Yeah, uh, it one shots every every enemy in the game except for you know pyramid heads. You first see him. I looked it up. It looks like he has sex with the mannequin creatures. Yeah, he does not. They were trying to make you think about that but he does not literally have it oh um, maybe that's like in reference to you know james being yes. really weird yes so so that that was actually intentional so you so what are your thoughts pyramid head he has a big pyramid on his head Obviously. I just remember the first time that I that I saw Pyramid Head, and it was that cutscene. I was like, "Whoa, what yeah. the heck is going on?" Yeah. One of the most famous enemies, too. Do you think he's that scary? No, <laughs> me neither. <laughs> I think he is as scary as the other enemies. I think that he is. I think his design is scary, but like after that's what I'm talking about. After after the gameplay, though, like he's just. Yeah. yeah, he's like all of the enemies. Like they're scary once you see them for the first time, but then you're just like, like, ugh. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> One of the things I read, uh, he has an attack. I don't remember if we saw this. He lifts up his pyramid head is made out of like an iron or a metal. It bends and his tongue comes out and attacks you. I read online they made that to. Oh, you're supposed to realize this is all in James' mind because metal can't bend. 
And I'm like, how about it's all in James' mind because there are, you know, creatures <laughs> yeah. and monsters the whole time. <laughs> Not Actually, I, fan, but like everything else is perfectly plausible. Yeah, yeah everything everything else is uh, definitely normal here. Um, yeah, so the point that I'm making is that like he is his design is scary, and you said that they're like remaking this game, right? Yeah. I hope that when they remake this game, they make the gameplay like I don't know, like make the gameplay less clunky. Yeah, make make it less clunky and actually make it like. Make each Just enemy, it. But, but like make each enemy feel like it's a it's like a mini boss because you know like in Resident Evil every single game is like super super hard to beat yeah. even if it's like the most basic one because you know it, it makes it scary right so the enemies don't feel scary even though that they like look creepy. Yes. All right. Hop on down our bunny trail to our field of 10,000 eggs, 20,000 pieces of candy, and thousands of dollars in prizes at 1077 The Bronx Egg Slit Egg Hunt Tuesday, April 4th from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. on the Campus Mall. Check out the SEC Petting Zoo, SGA Carnival Games, Food Truck Row, and more. Go to 1077thebronxcom slash egghunt23 for more info. We'll be back with Games for the Dorm after these underwriting announcements on 1077 The Bronx and 1077thebronc.com. 1077 The Bronc brought home a little hardware at the 2023 Intercollegiate Broadcasting Systems Media Awards. For the first time in our station's history, the Bronc won Best College Radio Station in, you guessed it, the nation. Go to 1077thebronc.com slash IBS Awards 2023 to learn about all of our nominations and wins. Welcome back to Games from the Dorm on 1077 The Bronc and 1077thebronc.com. All right, a lot of this game is building up to the ending, so if you do not want to be spoiled, I got to say, close your ears right now so at the end of the game you go in into a hotel where you remember you left a videotape you think maybe this videotape will be a little sexy of you and mary uh you watch it turns out james uh killed his wife (laughs) so yeah so uh so james we didn't know this. This was revealed, I think, in a book after Orion. Yeah. James was driving to Silent Hill to kill himself. I feel like that was kind of evident. Well, okay. At least from the start, it kind of seemed like he was going to try and do that. Yeah, and then on the way there, his mind fabricated the letter to oh, dream Mary okay. is alive. So hmm. Mary actually got the illness three years ago but died recently which is how she left a letter for laura who's the her child uh, who's friends with mary so one of the big things we missed is as you continue on through the game this letter that started the whole thing starts to fade so the writing i about towards like the half of the game the writing disappears and then the letter is gone entirely at the end and it's only the envelope Really? So it was entirely, and also there was a little puzzle where you had to bring items and put them in the storage locker to go down elevator. Yeah. And if you brought any of the items with you, it was deemed too heavy, but you can bring the letter with you. Hmm. Because the letter does not exist. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so then you start to realize, hey, this is why the enemies looked like this, this is why all of the characters are here with me because they also have trauma. Um, this is why the hotel is beginning to collapse because James is starting to understand. Turns out Red Pyramid Head uh, was actually an executioner and created by James to punish 
himself and his guilty mind. This game has three main endings. None of them, uh, well, I should say there's no official canon ending. Konami said that uh, previously. Um, one of the endings that we got uh, is called Leave, in which you walk away with the child, Laura, and essentially this ending is just James understanding that he killed her and he needs to move on with his life. There's an ending called In Water, which I don't think we understood when we watched it. It's, I think it's basically just that he doesn't understand no. that he killed her. No. No? In Water, he understands that he killed her, and he drives his car into the lake so he can be with her. Oh, okay. And by the way, in the car at the beginning of the game, Mary's body is in there. What? And you can't see it, but it's been revealed by Konami. So that's why he drives into the lake, so he's with her. Oh, my God. Yeah. So that, remember, the car is unlocked uh, when you first get there, and in the backseat is Mary. And you just never notice it. Yeah. Wow, okay. Yeah. There's also an ending called Maria. Maria is a figment of your mind that represents all of Mary's best attributes. And in this ending, James, you know, doesn't convince himself that he killed Mary and he lives on with Maria. All of these endings, one of my favorite things of the game, you know how you like uh, games where you can choose the path? Yeah. Well, this is subtle about it, but that's exactly this game. Because the way to get these three endings, it's a point system. If you do an action that rewards you a point, and these actions include, for example, the Maria ending, if you are around Maria for 10 minutes in total, you're rewarded a point. Huh. Yeah. And if you bump into Maria a set number of times, you're rewarded a point. If you examine that knife, you get a knife item, it means you're suicidal. So that's one point contributes to the in-water ending. Huh. Yeah. If you don't heal yourself enough, that also means you're suicidal. And the ending that you have the most points with, there's a bunch of stuff. There's a chart online. The most points that you have with gives you the ending. So the way that you play and the way you see the game contributes to the ending, which is awesome. Huh. Okay. Yeah. There's three uh, harder endings to get that you can only get on a second playthrough. Uh, One of them, you try to resurrect Mary which is weird. One of them is the quite famous dog ending where you walk into a dog and it figure turns out a dog was controlling the entire game. That's the canon ending. No, and there's a UFO ending where, of course, UFOs abduct you and you meet the character from the first game, Harry Mason, that I talked about last week. And they um, even these kept are the joke awful endings. Gra- they all ended with the... Uh, awful graphics. Yeah. yeah. Uh, these are joke endings, but it kind of adds more to the charm of the game and the replayability. Dog ending is canon. It's not a joke. Dog ending is based And all of them end with a sad letter of Mary explaining that she understands she's a burden because she's sick. Um, and James... By the way, I never really got into it. James killed Mary because he's been taking care of her for so long and he wants his life back. I don't know. I feel like I feel like after listening to that letter, you just think that James is just like even worse of a human being. Yeah. Uh, now I'm going to quickly talk about into other things we missed for the bonus round. Uh, what in the room you discover Angela? There's a picture on the ground of her family, and her the f- picture is cut in half with her dad on one side because her dad sexually abused her. Mm-hmm. Do you remember in the room where we encounter Angela and James' perceived version of her dad? 
uh, she has another perceived version because of how Silent Hill works. Do you remember that? And there were like plates going in and out of the yeah. walls. So those are not plates. Those are pistons. And it's supposed to represent sex because they're going in and out of this like flesh wall. Lovely. Yeah. So a bunch of weird symbolism. Um, do you remember at the beginning you meet a corpse watching a TV in the apartment? Yeah. That corpse, if you look again, shares the model with James. So it is representative of when you watch the videotape later in the game. Oh. Yeah. Uh, there are a bunch of corpses in the overworld which also share his model. Um, uh, at the beginning of the game, you enter a bar. If you enter the game once the once if you enter the bar when the town kind of goes all berserk it's called the other world you enter the bar the message there's a message on the wall that says you're going to go to hell hmm. um there's one part with the character's graves and you have to jump down a grave you can inspect the graves and the graves of all the characters that you have met like angela who i've been talking about are partially filled in which shows that they're like on their way to death like they can't be absolved and the grave that is empty that you jump in is James's grave. Mm. So you are still figuring out and in the clear. Lots uh, of lots of messages. So that's pretty much it. I want to end with one quick question. Are, what are your thoughts on uh, playing Silent Hill 3? No. No. Instant no. <laughs> the gameplay is not worth it for you. No. All right. Well, that's I could unfortunate. Al- I could always just watch a, a walkthrough if I wanted to listen to the story. All right. Thank you for listening to Games from the Dorm. I'm David Kessler. We'll be back next time, uh, 2 p.m. Wednesday. Always stay tuned for more of the biggest and best variety on your 2023 IBS College Media Award winner for Best College Radio Station, 1077 The Bronx slash 1077 thebronxcom